Hello and welcome to the Roadmaps Podcast with me, Rico Beach. I hope everyone's doing well out there. Um, we'll see how long this one goes. In in all honesty, I'm feeling a little bit hungover, so I'm hoping that my thoughts will still be coherent enough to do a podcast of some value for y'all out there. As you can maybe hear a little bit of rasp in my voice too, so hopefully that'll give you a nice little calming effect whenever you're listening to this here podcast. Um, hold on while I take a sip of wine. Yeah, it's wine today, not scotch. I'm, you know, if the if the content is classier today, just know the reason why. Um, but in all honesty, you know, you can't leave a bottle of wine for more than a couple days before, you know, you got to finish it off. So decided to have a glass of that today while doing this. It's a little bit of a social lubricant, so hopefully it'll allow the thoughts and stories to come, you know, at ease. All right. So let's get into this thing. I'm trying to think of where exactly I want to start, but maybe an explanation of the hangover. It's fun to, you know, now that we're on the other side of, of social distancing and COVID, it's nice to reconnect with friends and see people in the flesh. I think before morality just didn't allow for, it, it didn't seem right to be getting together with friends, even though groups of 10 people or less were still not unlawful or fine worthy or what have you, but it just seemed the right thing to do was socially distance, only be around people that you needed to. And so now with restrictions loosening, it makes sense to to go back around at least your close circle of people because I think we need those people in our life. And I think, you know, I might may have had a couple of drinks and played a little bit of beer pong with with those friends and it's nice when you can just do some dumb shit with your friends again it's felt like a long time of self-reflection and being stuck in my own mind and yes you can chat with people on video and you can play games online and shit but it's it's just it's not the same as actually being there and being able to goof around and maybe hug your friend or maybe talk shit and maybe give them a punch in the arm, whatever it is, it, it's just, it's nice to have that, that personal connection and that physical connection with people. And I think that's been missed throughout these past 60 or some odd days that we've been in lockdown. So it's nice to see people again. That was my night last night. I had a friend come over today and bring me uh, a hamburger, which I, you know what, I try and eat healthy as much as possible. But when a friend come, comes over and, and offers to bring you McDonald's, you pretty much have to say yes. And that's not a plug for McDonald's. I don't think I ever want to be sponsored by, uh, you know, the corporate juggernaut or monolith that is McDonald's. And I don't, I don't think it's healthy for people to eat. So I don't really want to want to, you know, spread that out into the world. But anyways, uh, every once in a while, whatever, you can do what you want and have a greasy burger. I may have also had pizza for breakfast today, so my diet plan has just gone straight to shit. Anyways, yeah, but it was, so he came and hung out and brought me a cheeseburger and some fries and nice coffee, and that brought me back to life a little bit, but you know when you're just feeling a little bit, not sloppy, but you're just feeling a little bit, uh, what's the... Um, there's a French term for it that's 
Chev- Mallow Cheveux, which I think covers it pretty well, which is you have sore hair is a loose translation. Your 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 hair is hurting. So yeah, that's about that's about where I'm at. I mean, I don't really feel that bad, other than I could probably use some hydration, um, a nice meal, maybe some nutrients back in my system, and a little bit of a nap. So hopefully by tomorrow I'll be okay. But there you go. The wine will help take the edge off or something. But yeah, it's so it's fun to connect. It's nice to connect with people once again. And it just, it really seems that we're almost out of a hibernation-like existence that we were in for the past 60 days or however long this lockdown has been going for everybody. So now we're on the other side and it's nice. It's nice to be able to feel that we're able to plan things again. Yes, these, and mind you, it's a small step in the right, well, I won't even say the right direction, but it's a small step to opening up communities again. Um, and even, and even being able to do things seem pretty limited in terms of whether it's camping or whether it's going and hanging out with friends and, and or restaurants, it seems that things are just slowly opening up again. So we do have to be a little bit patient, but it's nice that you can start to plan time with friends. You can start to get together and hang out, whether it's at the park or whether it's at somebody's place and not feel guilty about it. So I think... I'm happy with that feeling and and being able to be a little bit more free moving forward. So I'm happy with that. Mind you, I will still try and practice social distancing as much as possible and be reasonable and and thoughtful in terms of the things that I do and try and be present with the people around me and all sorts of things. But I think we've done as well as we probably could have through this. I mean... You can't really expect people to, I think any longer would have been very difficult because you almost get antisocial and a lot of people could end up in completely depressed states. I know that, I know that it's been ups and downs for me. So I know that, and mind you, my lifestyle was not, was not deeply affected by this. So I think for somebody who is going through large amounts of change or some drastic, whether it's being out of work, whether it's worrying about money, all sorts of things. I can understand those playing a a large role on your emotional and mental health and, and also being away from family and those support systems is, can be devastating for people. So I, I completely understand if, if some people are affected by this and, and negatively affected. I mean, yeah, there's the side of it that people wanted to say that everything's positive, everything, you know, take this time to consider the business you might open, take this time to self-reflect, take this time to develop other skills or hobbies, or maybe focus on your health for a little bit. That's all well and good, but it might not be practical depending on if you're worried about your roof over your head or food in the fridge, it's really difficult to to consider those other things. So I understand that and and I get that and I get a little bit of the chaos and where people are coming from and that's why we have to be patient with people through this time and I'm trying to exercise that as much as possible and and yet you don't want to it, it's this weird balancing zone of not wanting to feed into the fear 
and the chaos as much as possible. Yes, yes, it is change and sometimes drastic change, and we have to do our part, but you don't want to fall into the chaos of everybody is the enemy and anybody could infect me with this virus in, in COVID. So because I think that that becomes dangerous, we don't want to hate our fellow human because, or hello, fellow man would be what I would say, but fellow human, there you go, your gender neutral term, um, which there's a man and human. So I don't know, somebody can call me out on that. Um, but it's just, it's, it's, it's nice that we can, I think we've dealt with this well. We've been fairly reasonable. I haven't seen a lot of widespread panic and things. It does seem funny when people are wearing masks when they drive. <laughs> and I want to say that those are the worst kind of people, but I do understand. I'm, I mean, especially if they were feeling sick or something, maybe I, I get it even more, or if they shared a vehicle or whatever it is, it does make sense that some people could be more fearful, but when you see it, you just go, well, you're in your own space. Who are you, who are you protecting at that point if it's just you and your car? But, you know, to each their own, everybody's got to make their decision and, and decisions and do what's best for them in this. And so if, if what's best for people is wearing their own goddamn mask in their own vehicle and probably not enjoying their car ride because... I'd imagine it's tough to sing along with Justin Bieber on the radio if you uh, if you have a mask on. So there you have it. You know, apparently you know what I do in my car now. But uh, hold on, sip a wine break. Ah, there we go. A little bit of uh, Dancing Bull Zinfandel from the California. I'm gonna guess Napa Valley region. Um, hold on, I'm gonna. Pause here for one second and fix something. And I'm going to bet you didn't even know I was gone. So there you have it. I'm back. But yeah, it's so it's nice to be back with friends, doing some dumb shit, and playing some games, embracing each other, having joyous occasions. Because that's, at a certain point, I believe that's what it's all about, is having those experiences, making memories, and having stories to tell whether it's your future kids, because everybody knows that dads have about 10 stories that they revisit ad nauseum for the rest of people's lives. So, and those stories are typically made doing that dumb shit with your friends. So, so there's between that and yeah, you got to have, there's other experiences to have and no, those all don't have to be under the influence of whatever it is, but sometimes that's part of the journey. And if, I mean, if that's not for you, if that's not what you abide by, then good on you. But sometimes it is just worth it to have a fun time. And especially when we've been locked away from actually spending time with people, it's being in the same room is just is great. But I went for a run yesterday with a lady friend and it was nice. It was really fun. And I'm not really training for anything per se right now. So... I can go out and have a run and it's just for health, enjoyment, to get outside, to get some fresh air, especially in these times when we've been locked up most hours of the day. So it's nice, again, to be out and with people once again. But met up, went for a run, and we'd never run together before, so it's sort of that feeling out process. 
And yet I, I made it clear that I wasn't in a hurry. And, I, you know, I was partially worried that she might even be faster than me because it wouldn't be a, a far-fetched idea. And we set out and we started at a decent pace, something that was comfortable for me. And I quickly heard her huffing and puffing and, and struggling for breath. And I went, you know, I'm good to slow down. It's fine. And she was, no, I'm, you know, I'm happy to be pushed. And so we kept going. And then eventually it hit a point where we had to do some walking. And that was all good. You know, I was completely happy to to just be along for the adventure with somebody. And that was part of the fun. So I had no... You know, I was trying to match pace as best as possible and keep it comfortable. But and and so the the moral of the story was we went for about seven and a half miles and she ran seven and a half miles faster than she'd ever done before. I think the first six miles about 10 minutes faster than she'd ever done before. And that's amazing. It's fun to and she said that it was the challenge of trying to keep up with me that that allowed her to do it along those lines. And I was, I was happy to, you know, I wasn't trying to push somebody completely out of their comfort zone until they were miserable and didn't enjoy the experience. But at the same time to push somebody and they accomplished something that, that awesome, there's something that they'd never done in their life before is really cool. And, and she was quick to compliment my running and saying, you know, that's amazing that you can run that fast and you don't even seem that tired and you, you know, these are kind of my words, but, um, but that you still, you were able to sprint to the end and that was cool and whatever. Um, and so that's great. Like it was, it's fun, but it's also, it shows. And I even said this when it came up was that that comparisons game is, it's both great and bad. I have people that I look up to in running that can run six minute miles or under that and sustain it for a half marathon or whatever it is. And that's absolutely wild to me because I've never been able to do that. I've gotten up to about 6.52, 6.45 I can sustain for a couple miles. That's about my fastest. Probably not right now, but at a certain point last year even. And so it's a whole minute faster a mile is a wild proposition for me. And yet I was running an 830 mile with her and she was typically running about 930 or 10 or whatever it, it, it was in a comfortable pace. So, and so she looked up to me and I look up to these people and you just see that there's levels to this. And so if you're comparing yourself all the time to other people, you know, you're if you're comparison, compa comparison, comparing yourself on day one to somebody who's at year ten and they know exactly how to train for their full marathon and they're a seven minute miler and they can continue that till the end of time, you you would feel a little bit discouraged because maybe you're not in the best running shape. And and so I was quick to share my story in this scenario of my first time out about three years ago, and this is after I'd fallen completely out of shape and had to deal with some headaches that I was having and different things. But so I wasn't able to do a, a lot of heavy, heavy lifting, which I was comfortable with. So I found these other pursuits, which included yoga, meditation, and running. And the first time I went out running, I made it about 20 minutes and I was gassed and I couldn't keep going. I legitimately, I walked, I think I, I got to about 
15 minutes and I went, oh, this is, this is hell. This is bullshit. And so I had to turn around. I think I did a lot of walking and sort of walk jogged my way back to my place at the time. And then, then it's a build and you go out again and again and again. If that's, for me, it became a goal to get better with. And then eventually it turned into training for a race. And that was a big step. I, I would say it's huge to have that date on the calendar, something that you have to train towards. But for me, that first, the first time going out for 20 minutes, and then I went out, I think maybe later that week, maybe a week later and made it about 30, 35, 40 minutes. And then you go out again, I was able to go 40 minutes and maybe walk a couple times because I wasn't quite feeling it. And then eventually I got up to running and walking, but for an hour. And then I pushed past that and said, well, I don't actually have to walk anymore. So I went a whole hour and was able to run. And then that built up to being able to run last year, my first, I believe last, yes, last year, my first full marathon. It might be, no, the year before that, uh, two years ago in 2018, my first full marathon and was able to run unbroken the entire time for three hours and 45 minutes or however long it took me around there. And, you know, I my pace slowed tremendously. I went way too fast out of the gate and my legs built with lactate, lactate acid. And I was just, my legs were barely walking, barely, like barely moving um, by about the third hour or so. And so that was really hard even just to keep pushing and mentally keeping the work and my pace was probably under 10 minute miles and I was grinding it out but I knew I was going to finish once I hit about 20 miles I knew I was going to hit the end end point because I, I could quantify in my own mind how far six miles was but that's not to say those were easy miles the last two or three were absolute hell but got to the end made it and could barely walk, and my dopamine dopamine was completely messed, I would say, for the entire week after that. It, I would say it put me into a state of depression, but that might not be a popular thing among runners to admit to. And and it was tough. It was tough to build back, but at least I, I accomplished, and I was proud of that. And to look at that journey of how where I started to how far I'd made it is it's incredible. It's a great feeling. So to be part of that journey with somebody else is is amazing too and to you know they can learn from you you learn from others and and that's honestly in a way how this whole world works it doesn't matter what you are doing or what you want to get into you just have to do the damn thing and continue to do it and i would say and i would preach this if i could i wish i were a preacher and no i don't actually but i wish i had the capabilities of a preacher that I could engage with my speaking and get a bunch of people to show up and 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 talk about spiritual things or or life in general for at least an hour or two a week but uh I'm trying to I'm gonna say like god forbid I'm the one to do that um but who knows whatever maybe future me will have something to say about that but for now this is my medium um, anyways, but it is, you just, you keep it. So my sermon would be on keep it fun, have at least, and keep it fun. It's not to say don't do the work, but you want it to be something that you enjoy doing. So whether it's 
taking those couple minutes and reflecting and, and thanking yourself for being able to move or maybe it's that sprint to the corner that just makes you feel gas, but also that you've pushed yourself and that you've earned. Maybe it's a little treat after. I don't know. I, I don't like to play those games because sometimes they build bad habits, but whatever it is that keeps you going, that keeps you motivated, that's a great thing. And whether it's sprinting to the corner, that can be fun, or a stretch down, or maybe you have a goofy song that you play at the end of your run, something, but you keep that enjoyable. And I would say that's paramount in being willing to show up the next time because then you don't have any... You get rid of a little bit of that averse feeling to anything. Sometimes if you work too damn hard at something, you get discouraged and you quit. If you keep it fun... Uh, and keep a little bit of enjoyment involved, you're much more likely to go back and do it. So that would be, I, I build it out though, and I'd make it super extravagant and stories about, um, well, not Jesus, but uh, stories about heroes of old or something. And I would say that even they had to play tetherball at the end of their working day in the, I don't know, um, when they're learning swordsmanship. That's an awful example, but you get the idea. I would come up with something better. I'd have to do some planning or whatnot. So there you go. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna save one. I think for another time. I did want it, to. It's been a little bit of a theme and and throughout this podcast, and so it makes sense that this is brought up at the end, and it's something that is much more apparent to me than ever before and it's the death grief and loss of life um and it's things that we all go through it's things that are inevitable in everybody's life you are going to die one day people you know people you love are going to die one day and it's i want to say tremendously difficult to deal with that and I've lost an entire generation of people in my grandparents, and that's a sad reality. And I'm thankful for the time that I had. I, I, There's one grandparent that I never got to know, and that's difficult. Uh, he passed when my father was young. And my other grandparents I got to know, some for more years, some for less. And yet it's sad. It's, it's sad to see people go and it affects us in a lot of different ways. And I think even now, um, I had somebody in my immediate family pass in this past couple weeks. Um, and it's difficult to come to terms with it. And I, mind you, I had some, uh, one in particular, great conversation about it with a family member who was in it and dealing with it um, and still is yet it was very humanizing. And I think all these things it dealing with these and, and going through it is such a, it is, it is a human experience. It is, it is something that we all go through. And I think a lot of times we turn away from it. We are scared of it. We do everything we can not to acknowledge it. And that can be 
within families, within ourselves, within communities. Yes, there's obituaries in the paper and there's, but there's sort of this, there's a fear of death. There's this uncertainty because I think at the end of the day, even the people that believe the most are not certain what happens when we die. And and I want to I want to share some hope with people and this is the hope that I've come to and I think that you can you can place your own beliefs onto this however you may or however you want. I and I'm going to start this out as a sounds like a Martin Luther King thing. I had a dream and I legitimately had this dream. And I woke up and I was I was sad when I woke up. I teared up a little bit. And that doesn't happen very often. But this particular dream, I so it started and I, I was with my grandparents. Um, I believe one in particular, my grandmother. And we were chatting and we were together and we were enjoying our time. And all of a sudden, I don't know what prompted it, but it was she she was gone. She either left out the door or was was gone. Um, and I tried to go find her and I went and I believe I found this stairwell and I started descending down this stairwell. And there were groups of people. There were about it was the the stairwell didn't make sense in terms of our world and how it works, but there was about four people going down these this staircase and it was um square staircase going down similar to a parkade or something if you could place it that way but four by four sort of going down and i was running and chasing and trying to find my grandparents and my two most recent grandparents are the ones that i spent the most time with and i came upon groups and i would look at their face and they were disfigured and aged and very terrifying looking um almost i don't want to say fearful but there was there was the terror in the faces it was like they were morphing and there were different shapes and it it was they weren't very human they were very terrifying faces at least some of them um and and that was i mean it was scary and i'm chasing and and running down these stairs going as fast as I can trying to catch up to my grandparents and seeing these horrific figures coming upon my way. Um, and so I chased and I chased and I get to the very bottom after experiencing all these things and that fear of losing somebody and that fear of of the disfigurement that comes along with that. And, and I get to the very bottom and I reached a door and I couldn't go through. And I can, I'll place meaning on this a little bit after, but that door was there and it was a barrier and I couldn't go through. And yet I saw a window and I peered through the window and I saw my grandmother having a conversation. And I tried to place meaning on this and and I kind of went well and I, and I don't think I made this this wasn't a thought in the moment but the thought that I had after I think right when I woke up was 
they're not alone. It's okay. They're, they're not the only ones that have gone through this. There is, everybody is going to pass through that door one day, that point of no return, the nether realm or heaven or whatever you want to call that place that's after. I think of it as an inherent oneness with the universe. Uh, that's just the way that I've come to classify or determine or, or make peace with what happens after life. And, and they're not alone because they're all together. They're all in that, that place beyond. They're all beyond that door. And in some ways, they're reunited with the people that left before them. And there's so much beauty and peace in that. And I actually, I think that's what made me the most sad was the beauty. I, I think it's the sadness of loss and knowing that, that, people around me and specifically my own parents, my own friends, my, I will witness and maybe even me, nobody knows when their time will be up unless, you know, some do, some have a very good idea of when their time is up and that, that can lead to a whole lot of questions that people have and can lead a lot of different ways. Some people can make peace with that. Some people it's very difficult to deal with. Some people fight like hell, like and and it's not to say any way is right or wrong. Um, there's it's it's not fair in a lot of ways, and I that saddens me too because, um, yeah, I it was something that I saw recently, but somebody had to somebody's baby passed, and it it. It's heartbreaking to just even imagine going through that time with pregnancy and then all you want is to have a happy, healthy child. And that's it's a parent's worst nightmare to have to deal with that and to be in hospitals for the entirety of this, this baby's life and they still pass on. And it's, I can't. I don't know how to, I don't even know how to explain that. Like, that's not, it's not fair. It's not fair that people have to live through that. It's not fair that that child doesn't get to live. It's not fair that we have death and disease and viruses in the world that come for us. It's not fair that, that we lose family and friends and people around us. Um, it's not, none of this is fair, but... But after that, after that pass through the door, the point of no return into the afterlife, into whatever that is, the great beyond, the unanswered question, there is a, a togetherness and a oneness and a reuniting. And there's beauty in that. And that makes me smile in terms of we will all be reunited on the other side of this. And who knows? And, you know, I don't, I hope there's no hell or heaven. I, I like the idea. Somebody shared it and it was on a, it's on the Midnight Gospel, but it's talking about magic and that's a loaded thing to be talking about. But it was in terms of this, um, what did he call it? Sort of a, 
cosmic no soul washing machine or it, it i wish i remembered the exact term that he used but sort of this washing machine for your soul and cleansing you and becoming because i like that idea as well is that everything that you've done and that you've experienced eventually you're returned to the oneness you're washed away of the ego self the persona the 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 self that had all these experiences and so you're sort of washed that's washed away but i think you you sort of experience that in terms of an energy output um they talked about it much more intricately i think what was it astral projection or something and there's a lot of fancy terms that you can use but it's really that soul self, but the washing away. But I think you get to experience that energy, something that you left behind here on this physical plane, the world around. And I guess that's why inherently I want to have a positive impact because there's this, my feeling is that I want life to prevail. And it's, it's not just human life. It's the whole planet. It's ecosystems. It's animals out there. I know that that's not necessarily... We're, we all have certain talents and gifts. I know that I, I really appreciate people that are doing tons for sustainability in the planet and animals. And I wish I could... You know what? I should become more informed and play a bigger part in those things. But I know for me, sharing these stories and talking about people and and meaning and life and society and where we should potentially aim and i i know that in a way that's what i can that's what i'm passionate about and so that's what i can potentially affect and i hope to make that effect and i hope and i and it's because i want life to prevail and i want us to become yeah and i always talk about a united sustained sustained united sustainable future and hopefully we get there and hopefully we can build an amazing world together and hopefully life can prevail but even in that it all this too shall pass but but everything does come to an end there's an inevitability to that and that's okay too because we'll all be part of that oneness and that seems pretty beautiful to me We'll pass beyond that door and we'll be reunited all together. And so let's let's fight let's fight for that not to happen. Like let let's fight for truth and goodness and and our fellow human and our fellow sapien and whatever term you want to use. But let's fight like hell so that life can prevail and that we can we can keep on living this crazy existence that we do and yet learn lessons along the way and have these do this dumb shit with our friends and have experiences and have our 10 stories that we tell people so i'm gonna leave it with that i hope i get that i i was a little bit dark there at the end but there is that hope and i hope that people find that within what i talked about um Anyways, that's about an hour. <laughs> Take care, people. If I haven't told you, I love you. And I hope you're enjoying time with friends and family once again. Obviously, still social distancing and being smart about things. But um, yeah, I hope things... I, I hope your world is 
is going well today. And uh, take care out there. Bye.